Coming up on Chasing the Natty, with leagues being renewed, the Dynasty craze begins, and we've got the CFF 2022 Dynasty game plan for you. We'll be covering strategies for how to get yourself set up, going into the season for Dynasty, and preparing for the freshman draft. All that and more coming right after this. Zappi looking to Jared Stearns who makes the catch and scores. What a burst! Trey Vaughn Anderson! As advertised, touchdown Buckeyes! This is Chasing the Natty, a college fantasy football podcast. All right, welcome in everybody. This is Jared Palmgren, host of the Chasing the Natty podcast. I hope you guys are having a wonderful, wonderful day. Um, I almost said wonderful Sunday, but I know this gets released on Monday, so we're not going to confuse you all <laughs> like that. Um, but anyway, like I said, hope you guys have a wonderful day. Welcome back to Chasing the Natty. I am stoked, just like pretty much everybody else here, because God bless Fantrax. They actually renewed the see all of our college fantasy leagues in a timely manner this year last year i think we had to wait until like may like it, it was a long time before they actually renewed it. and like a lot of that had to do with them having a new provider stuff like that anyway they got them renewed here in february this year so already cff dynasty is all the craze right now all those leagues have opened back up and i know the league that i am in specifically trades are already flying all over the place and so, with that being said, I brought on today a special guest. You guys have heard him before. You, he is the host of the CFFU podcast during the season, and he's just a wonderful contributor here now for Chase of the Natty and Campus Again for the CFF side of everything. Mr. Brandon T. Sanders, how you doing, sir? Doing good, man. Uh, happy to be on once again. Excited that Fantrax is stuff of another game there's uh some stuff going on with the drafting part as well that i'm excited about so uh great great stuff and uh we've already seen some uh some great discussion and some good trades going on already and uh our own personal nice thing that you and me both are a part of so it's good to see the movement going and then people getting excited early and and making plans ahead of time and then we're not in a scramble so it's good to kind of sit back and like we talk about have this game plan that we that we're going to kind of teach people as far as just a guideline is something that you can use if you want to uh, hop in CFF Dynasty this year. So, And I can already tell you, I got an early look at this game plan, and immediately I realized that Brandon's game plan that he has written out for you guys here today was much better than anything I was already doing. I've already applied it <laughs> to my league. I have the sheet just right tough. here in front of me. There we uh, go. Where I have, ta- I have done several of the things that Brandon will be talking to us about today. That Brandon's got his sheet as well. <laughs> so... Again, Brandon, appreciate you coming on today. And for those of you who are watching this on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you hit that notification bell. Go ahead and leave a little comment down below. God bless uh, Brett Pag- Pagni. I think that's how you pronounce his name. He'll probably DM me later on Twitter to let me know. But uh, God bless him for leaving a comment down there every single time. I give him a little heart. And if you want a little heart from me, leave a comment down there. As long as it's nice. Don't be mean. Don't be mean to me. Anyway, um, in addition, if you're listening to this on podcast, make it make sure you're following us wherever you're listening to us, whether that's Spotify or Apple Podcasts or really any platform. I think the distributor that I use puts us on pretty much every one of them. So wherever you're listening, just give us a little follow. Leave those five star reviews; those are always very helpful. And then also, again, we are starting to write CFF articles for over at the Campus Canton website. Make sure you go check those out as well. Nate has been. Uh, or Nate Marquise has been working hard on his stock up and stock down articles. I wrote an article for the draft or the first draft that we did. Uh, if you watched the draft special, you know all about that already. And I'm sure Brandon, you, you've got your own little stuff coming up here uh, that I'm sure that we will be hinting yes. at by the end of this show. It, it um, all ties in together. So I'm excited. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely ties in all together. So, but before we get to any of that, it, last week was a slow week in the terms of the transfer portal news. Slow week again this week, but we're going to go ahead and talk about at least one um, one player that did kind of make some waves this week, and that is starting quarterback for Arizona State, 
Jaden Daniels will be transferring out of Arizona State. This one kind of, I think, caught a lot of people off guard. I think partially because the transfer portal, like I said, has slowed down to the point we weren't really looking for any big transfer portal news items until like the spring began, maybe like middle of spring practices, guys get frustrated, enter the portal. Or if there were anything, it would be like smaller guys, maybe some group of five guys like put their names in the portal and you're like, oh, something's going on there. I don't think anybody was expecting a guy like Jaden Daniels, who was an entrenched starter for Arizona State for the last two years, really since he was a freshman, I think. I think he got the starting job as a freshman. Um, Anyway, covering uh, last year for him, last year he threw for about 2,380 yards, uh, threw for 10 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Not not great his last year, but again, the part that everybody loves about him what he does on the ground. Last year, he had 138 attempts for 710 yards and six touchdowns. That is like, there are very few quarterbacks in the country that are getting that kind of workload on the ground. And Jaden Daniels, if he can get into the right system, I think could really, really shine for this next year. Brandon, what are your thoughts overall on Jaden Daniels entering the transfer portal? And what are you kind of hoping for here? Well, one, it's nice to have, uh, like you said, a slowdown quite a bit. And I know, uh, you know, behind the scenes, Jared's been looking to put out some transfer articles and stuff like that. So he finally gets one. Unfortunately, it's just one, but it's a big name. Uh, you know, the people out there in the NCAA community, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, Josh Pate and a few other ones there are talking about how this is a big time playmaker. And it is not only in the college aspect, but in CFF, because he is a dual threat quarterback. And those are the ones that you're kind of looking for. Of course, you know, we call them the Konami, the cheat codes. So it's good to have a cheat code like Jaden Daniels. Um, uh, From what I get, I mean, he was already going to be a value of Arizona State. He wasn't super high, but uh, with the possibility of going to a few of these teams, we'll we'll get ready to talk about here in just a second. But uh, there's one in particular where if he lands there, not only is it good for their system, but it's great for CFF purposes. So um, if he he goes there, that definitely would be where – you would see in our uh, C2C and our st- stuff coming up that uh, you're going to see those rankings climb pretty high. So uh, I'm stoked, man. I'm, I'm just glad to have uh, have an opportunity where Jane Daniels at least gets to figure out one where he wants to go, but two where um, there might be a possibility where uh, CFF wise, we have, we have Daniels starting and not, uh, you know, being a flex or a, a third quarterback option anymore. So, yeah. And again, like just to flesh out where you're kind of hinting at over there, for those of y'all that don't know or weren't listening to me last week with uh, Austin, I wanted to start a, a transfer portal report to put out on Campus of Canton every week. And it would give you guys an opportunity. Like it would, it would be the big guys, but also it would go into the smaller guys as well. And then like as soon as I had that idea, that's when the transfer portal just slowed down to a crawl. Nothing going on. And I'm like, well... That's unfortunate. I can't write an article about three guys every single week. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, we got a few minutes left uh, to talk about Daniels here. Let's talk some potential landing spots. The two names that really started getting pushed out there as soon as he entered his name in there were California, the California Bears, and or- the Oregon State Beavers. It sounds like people want him or are expecting him to stay out west in the Pac-12 Brandon, do either one of those spots really intrigue you? Oregon State, not really, if I'm being fully transparent. Uh, California, some, only because I had uh, Garbers uh, last season, and honestly, he was a good spot star. He did fairly well. Um, They have some weapons, not a whole lot, but I think if Daniels actually goes to California, we might actually see some people head to California as well. Uh, Cal's produced some great quarterbacks, even uh, Jared Goff. I never got a chance to play golf in CFF. Uh, but from what I was told, like he was a decent spot starter. The one that I really love is the next one that we're about to talk about. And that's Cincinnati. And that's where um, G5. So you have that going for him. Also, you also have the, uh, you know, drum forward heading to the NFL. So there's a lot of chance for a lot of run pass type situation, uh, just a lot of RPO. And that's what you want out of a uh, dual threat quarterback. That's someone that can get it done on the ground and be able to pass and have, you know, the cannon that Jaden Daniels does have. Um, so that's where I'm most wanting him to go is Cincinnati. It's just a matter of if they can pull him over to the East Coast or I guess say Midwest because it is Ohio. So, uh, But pull him out of the West Coast and get him into an offense. That would be the one I'd choose with Cal kind of leaning as a, like a distant second, basically, if I had to choose. And I want to be very clear, like me and Brandon both excited about the possibility of Cincinnati. 
that's more speculation on our part. Like I'll admit, like right. there's not a like a, there's not a, a ton of news there. out there yeah. or smoke to that or anything like that. It's more of us going around playing a game of like, all right, if we could pick anywhere in the world for him to go right now, where would we want? I would love to see him at Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. But yep. in terms of California or Oregon or Oregon State, like which one I'd rather him go to? I disagree with you a little bit. I think I'd almost rather uh-huh. see him go to Oregon State. Um, Mostly because I've seen flashes from the Oregon State offense in these past couple of years. I forget their head coach's name off the top of my head. Um, but he, uh, but he's been able to kind of get more out of his players than I've been seeing out of Cal recently. And you're right, Chase Garbus was good in spots last year. But let's be real. Daniels, with the rushing upside that he has, can't be just a guy that is good in spots. I would like right. to see him go to a coaching staff that maximizes the ability of their players. And I think Oregon State, now they haven't been a great team in the past couple of years, but I think they're doing the best they can with the players that they have. And so I would like to see him go to the Beavers rather than the Golden Bears. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead. And now we're going to move over to the CFF Dynasty game plan for 2022, brought to you by Mr. Brandon T. Sanders. Brandon, before we really get started, why don't you kind of give an overview of what is the goal of this plan for people to hear today? So basically, because in Dynasty, this is a year-round situation. So you got to be on top of this stuff year-round. It's different from redraft than what we have come accustomed to, where it's pretty much you do a season. You just got to worry about your start sits, the waiver wires for only those 12 weeks. Hopefully you get to your championship and then sit back and watch the national championship and then just wait until July or August before you draft and start having these uh, these games. It's different in, uh, in Dynasty because you have you have to worry about the freshmen coming in. You have to worry about spring games. You have to worry about uh, the beat reports and seeing what you can find there. This is the NCAA. Uh, a lot of it is hush-hush, so finding a, a good source is already tough as it is. So by having organization and having something that you can apply – this too. And like I said, this is all just loose, loose based, but it is something that I've done. And I started with my NFL dynasty and I took it over and applied it to this. And it's uh, worked wonders for me because it keeps me ahead of schedule. The great thing about fan tracks open and wide open is now you can kind of get this stuff ahead of time. And that's why we, uh, me and Jared kind of came up with this, uh, this show is because we wanted to give you guys an outline of what you can do now. Um, but basically it's just a way to stay organized, kind of set a goal and expectations. If you are a, um, if you are a contender, this is a great way to kind of figure out where you need to go to get to that championship game. Or if you're like, uh, you know, you just got a lot of holes in the offense and you're looking to grab picks, uh, the freshman picks that are coming up and things like that. This also kind of helps you realize where you need to go and direction that you need to take for sure. Uh, but that's kind of the outline I want to give is just, you know, this is a great way to one, keep you organized, but two, at the same time, like, help you kind of see the vision that you have for your team, depending on what you got going on. And we'll, we'll start here with the uh, with step one and, and work our way through it for sure. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And like, there's nothing worse than like getting into a dynasty league, getting into your first off season app. Cause that initial season just kind of feels like a regular redraft league. Like you have a longer yeah. draft maybe, but then like that first off season, all of a sudden you're overwhelmed. You're like, all right, how do I, how do I how do I handle everything? Like how do I organize my team? That's what we're gonna help you with today. And like Brandon said, let's go ahead and get started with step one, and that is league housekeeping. Brandon, why don't you tell everybody what you mean by that? Sure. So it's basically just um, keeping your house in order. But we're talking about your team now. I come from team management. I don't run my own personal CFF dynasty one. So that's where Jared can kind of give you a little bit more insight as far as being an actual uh, dynasty commissioner. Uh, But when it comes to being a manager of your own team, uh, one, you know, you want to make sure that you guys have some sort of league chat, regardless if that's through Twitter, like we do, for example, because we just have all of our guys in one spot there. Instead of taking it over to a Discord, you can do Discord, Slack. There's multiple ones, GroupMe. There's plenty of ones out there. Make sure that you have communication and more importantly, have communication with the uh, with your commissioner. Um, make sure that uh, you guys are talking before the new before he rolls over for 2022, that you guys have the rule changes that you want to have in play uh, money as far as, you know, what the pots kind of kind of be, uh, what the certain things are going to kind of look like ahead of time. Um, and then, of course, make sure there's agreements, roster limits. There's things like that in Peru. And that's where league housekeeping comes in play is that making sure the, the league itself is in one accord and that you're in a you know, direct connection with your commissioner or have him in the chat with that one so you guys can vote or do what we did, like we just have a survey that he puts out 
And then we're able to kind of see what we want to do. And then, of course, consensus wins and it's fair for everybody. And then we kind of move forward with that. Also, is a good way to go ahead if you have someone that is stepping out of the league to go ahead and find a uh, for an orphan and go ahead and find a new owner. Uh, luckily, our friend uh, Mitch Hart kind of took over a new one for him. Uh, so, you know, we are whole once again in the Blue Bloods Dynasty League. Um, and it didn't take very long because there's some good pieces, especially Bowers. And I think he also has uh, JSN. So he's got a, he's got a decent squad. Oh, yeah. um, but, uh, you know, now this is kind of that opportunity to get your house in order, the housekeeping, like to call it, and just make sure that everything is crystal clear before moving in to the next step that we're going to talk about next, for sure. Yeah, and I would definitely say, like, just in addition to just, like, figuring out rule changes, stuff like that, make sure everybody's on the same page in terms of, like, what the drafts are going to look like. Are you going to have two separate drafts, one supplemental, one uh, freshman only? Are you going to have them both be in one? How many rounds is that going to be? Are you going to limit the number of trades that people have? Why would you do that? But even so, like, maybe that is something you want to have in your league, like, where you can only trade so many times. Um, stuff like that. Go ahead and just nail out any possible reservations as well as just any um, miscommunication that might be going on in your league as to how things are going to work. Brandon, before we move on from this step real quick, I want to ask you, we were talking rule changes and everything that is part of the step. One rule change that you would want to see in your leagues this year? Like what, what's one that you would advocate for? So it's one that uh, we've talked about in previous episodes and then one that uh, you kind of, uh, you're kind of the flag planter there is to make sure that uh, there's going to be a substitute. And that's something that we've added in ours is that uh, regardless if Fantrax puts it in, I think that's still in the works. I haven't talked to uh, Joe over at CFF site to see if he's got any more word there, but the goal is to be able to have, um, you know, if you have those guys where the player doesn't play more than a quarter or he gets injured before a full quarter of play, that you're able to have a substitute and have like a one through three, or you're only allowed to have one sub. Regardless of the case, you got to have one that's there. Um, that's something that I'm really, really big on now just because we've all seen the dreaded zero, I think, once before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it hurts, man. It really does, especially when you hear nothing from beat reporters. Like you said, NCAA, you have to dig hard. And uh, sometimes it's just rumor. And, you know, sometimes you kiss, you, you got to go with your gut. And then, I mean, there's times where, you know, a common example, I had uh, Javon Haley from uh, Coastal. There's one game, no one heard anything, and he zero because he didn't play at all. So mm-hmm. no one told us that he was out sick or anything like that. And so I was like, well, there's a zero. Wish I had that rule. And that's where, you know, after seeing that, you know, it's, it's different in redraft because I think you can kind of come back from that in a redraft. In Dynasty, it's multiple years and trying to win championships, and there's a lot, usually a lot more money on the on the line when it comes to Dynasty because it's a bigger pot. You don't want to make those mistakes, and uh, you know, you just don't want to look like a fool. So, I mean, it's just it is what it is. But that's the main change that uh that I really enjoyed about ours. Um, just having that, and then of course, I would say as the sidebar is um, you know, a league being in accord as far as how the uh, system, this being fan tracks and how the positions played out. So if you have a guy that's running back wide slash wide receiver, do you count them as both or do you, do you have to designate them as a certain one? And I like that. I like that rule where, you know, the, the league is like, if fan tracks makes it where he's a dual position, you should just roll with that basically. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of what we do agreed on is just let the good times roll basically depending on, I think the player, I want to say. So there's a, there's certain ones like certain QBs, they don't need to be running backs either or wide receivers. They should just yeah. be QB, but a little different for running backs and wide receivers or a tight end that's flexing as a wide receiver. So, Yep. I mean, that, that pretty much is it. Let's go ahead and move on to step two. And you got here, take inventory. So that sounds pretty basic, but Brandon, what do you mean by that? Yep. Uh, so it's coming from a uh, retail background and uh, inventory and being able to see that type of stuff is impairing that you know what you have before you move and take the next step forward. Um, so basically it's like before the league turns over, uh, you can write it down. You can put it as a document. Uh, we've already seen the sheets that's already on there, but I literally take inventory of, uh, pretty much I get rid of the people that are leaving. So you have to look at it as, um, you know, unfortunately Fantrax doesn't remove them for you. Um, so you have to go in and remove your seniors. You need to ask and Google and things like that to make sure that the player that is the uh, junior and the senior did either declare for the draft or they did in fact lose in a or they're not eligible anymore. So they no longer uh, can play. So you want to go ahead and run those because you need to see how much that you have left. So I have 
this many quarterbacks left. Okay, I'm really low on running back. So that might be something we talk about as far as like a trade target or area of weakness and things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, how many wide receivers? How many tight ends? And then, of course, I write down, uh, the, I, we'll call it on that one as well. That's coming up too, but where I uh, will cut down the roster depending on who's on my chopping block and things like that. But this is the inventory part where you literally write down your team. You write down how many uh, rookie draft picks that you have and just put it in front of you, what you got to work with. And this is where it leads into uh, to the next couple steps on kind of getting you as far as the vision you want to go. But this is where... I usually, uh, this is the eye-opening part, and I think Jared can agree, where, like, you write it down, you're like, holy cow, I'm really low on this position, or uh, the depth that I have here, or the starters themselves is like, I thought I had what it takes the next year, but I really lost a lot in this past mm -hmm. uh, this past year, so how can I get that production back? Or, like, I have some really good pieces, I might be able to move this really high piece to get a couple, like, good mid-tiers so you have the depth there. You start seeing it here with taking the inventory. And that's what I mean by taking inventory, just write down what you got and what, uh, and it starts, it starts forming then at that point. I mean, I can agree more. Again, I wrote down my dynasty inventory here in front of me and I'm not gonna lie. I'm crying a little bit. Some of my positions, um, Tyler Van Dyke in this, in this, uh, certain league of mine, uh, is my best quarterback. Yes. Uh, but you're making moves and we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll, 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 yes. we'll, we'll figure that out and everything, uh, going forward and everything. And like, but like I de it definitely like once you have it written out, it definitely makes it easier to just kind of look and look at it on a position by position basis. You're like, okay, quarterbacks, I'm really struggling here. I'm gonna need to either make some moves by trading away some pieces or some draft picks, trying to acquire some guys, or maybe I um, might look at something where like, oh, like I thought I really wanted to get this one freshman, but now that I've looked at my group and everything like oh like say i want to get a, like a wide receiver like oh there's like a wide receiver i really want to get like let's say it's luther burden like for this year and everything yep. i really want luther burden i'm going to spend my first round pick on him in the supplemental draft but all of a sudden you look at your team you're looking at your wide receivers and you're like oh i actually have a ton of wide receivers already here and i really need to probably focus on quarterback a little bit more I was about to say tight end just to vary it up, but let's be real: if you're spending a first round pick on a tight end in a in a dynasty draft, like no, don't, don't. especially if you have multiple picks, man, just wait. You'll you'll pick up something decent. You'll, you, you'll find something. <laughs> um, but again, I can't agree with you more. Again, just writing it all out, understanding what you've lost, like just going ahead and getting rid of the people that you that you're losing to the draft or just losing losing to graduation. Just understand what you are losing there. I think is absolutely important. The other thing I want to emphasize here, get a great source on who is leaving and how many years of eligibility left each player has. I have had so many people DM me about this, being like, hey, what what is your go-to source on that? Like, what, or like where, do, where do you find that information and everything? And the unfortunate answer is there's no clear place to get this from. The mm -hmm. best I can offer to people, and I don't normally plug a, like people just out of nowhere and everything, but... But he deserves it. He's, he's good. But, yeah, I say <laughs> Nicholas Ian Allen's spreadsheets yep. on CFB Winning Edge does a fantastic job of just providing you a sheet that has who's leaving for the draft, and then you can go team by team. Whenever you have a question about somebody, you can just go to that team, find that player, and he'll list the years of eligibility that player has left. I don't yep. know if he's fully moved it over to this year so if you look now they might have one more year than they're supposed to so yeah, like if, they, if it says like two years right now really they have one year of eligibility left but even still yeah. that's the best place i can offer up um and i think brandon can agree with me 100 percent. yeah and this patreon's fairly inexpensive oh, yeah. um and then as the spring games continue uh nick is really really good about like projected uh depth chart and then he also he does give the eligibility. He's usually one of the first ones to like uh, move over the transfers and stuff like that as well. He stays on top of it and he's, you know, he's a spreadsheet machine, uh, but he has, it's really clean and like he has great stuff. And then if you listen, I'm in, you know, there's a great podcast there. He's one of those. I listen to it for just the football perspective because yes, uh, Nick kind of got in this because he did CFB and did it. He didn't realize that his, information is like ideal for the cff community mm -hmm. so he kind of fell into becoming a cff 
kind of kind of sore. Now he he's more football focused first, which is great because he'll give you the insight. Um, and like uh, he's the first one to tell me, you know, a certain tight end that I had had no more eligibility left. He was completely useless, so I had to had to remove it, which is good because it's good for our rankings because sometimes we don't we're not aware of it. So in C to C and the CFF team, we have to make those adjustments too. So uh, you know, uh, it's good to have someone like Nick that's uh, a great reference. And uh, shout out to Nicholas and Allen. We appreciate you, man, and uh, thanks for all you do. Um, this makes it a little easier when it comes down to uh, the dynasty world. So yeah, again, I, I can't I cannot recommend his spreadsheets enough, and it's very easy. Like it's, it seems like a lot at first, but like once you kind of get it, like, like once you play around with it a little bit. It's very mm-hmm. easy to kind of look up and find information uh, once you can take some time to do it. So, yeah. Brandon, continuing on with our game plan here. Step two, take inventory, find out who you've lost, who you still have, what positions you might need to be targeting. Let's go mm-hmm. ahead and figure out what step three is, and that is rank what you have. So what do you mean by that, Brandon? Exactly. So when you're ranking it, this is how I kind of uh, – so after you go and you actually put down these players that you have left, what I like to do is – go one through how many players that you have and rank them. And that's just going to kind of help you set a, what I call a starting lineup and then who you have as reserves. Um, So common example is like, and you'll have to forgive me my chicken scratch, but there's like some of it, say we're going the top here. And I have a few of them. Like I have a Peyton, Peyton Thorns in one of my leaves. I have Gabriel, uh, you know, there's a Brett Gabbert and there's other ones from dynasty. uh, And this also helps you with the trades. But if you do one through there, you know who you're, highest players are and who you're likely to start, but you also can tell by the ranking system, you're like, all right, when I'm getting like down eight through, you know, you know, say you only have like, I have like, you know, four, maybe five quarterbacks. Well, you know, I had to, one was on the chopping block, so I needed something fairly soon. So that's where I knew like, and I needed, uh, and I'm at the point to where like, I'm, I'm competing. I'm not quite in a, in the rebuild. I'm definitely on the higher tier because I still have some guys that are, either juniors or seniors. So they're definitely, uh, you know, I won't have them for long. So I need to strike fast while the iron's hot. So the ranking system actually helps you figure out who you have um, and then what you got left. And then of course it gives you the one, one through 10. So then you really know who's starting. Okay. The starting lineup that now I got after the rankings, uh, this is a little sus. Maybe it's time to start making these trades. And that's where, uh, you know, this kind of comes into play because this is where you really see what we did. So I've made some moves to acquire another quarterback and I sent one of my uh, mid tiers and, you know, was able to send a draft pick that I, you know, wasn't necessarily going to miss per se to make sure I was stronger at a position. And this is where the ranking comes in play because then, you know, who's your incumbent starters, who's likely going to be your flex um, and who's going to be pretty much your spot starts for those uh, bye weeks and stuff like that. And this is where, you know, if it's going to get scary or if you're like, OK, I'm not too bad off of what I thought. And this, but here's where I need to start making some moves because this is where, you know, you know, when you get down to lowers, it's like, okay, I don't know if I could start this person every single week, basically. So, mm-hmm. and the the thing that kind of came up to me because, like, wow, I well, I did this for my own draft team. The thing that I don't I don't want to say it surprised me, but like the thing I hadn't considered when I was doing it was like what the qualifications are in terms of ranking one prospect over another because like sometimes i would come across somebody where i'm like okay i know this person will be the starter for a team this upcoming year here's another person where like they could be the starter Mm -hmm. but i don't know that they will be the starter this upcoming year but Mm -hmm. the um like but the person that they do start is a much higher um like it has a much higher ceiling so like how do you kind of how do you balance that out and especially like when it comes to like older guys versus younger guys like what are the qualifications you look for when you're making um, your rankings for me it's more production than anything uh, good thing is Fantrax holds uh you know previous uh like uh how they did as far as overall production and stuff like that so for me like yes dylan gabriel's coming back from injury but when he you know i get it he's a new system but he's in a system he remembers with levy so in that system, I know Gabriel, as the Oklahoma starting quarterback, that is a highly um, sought-after position. Not only is it, you know, where, but Gabriel also has – he has familiarity. Now he has – he's still got some good weapons that's still left over from Oklahoma. Um, so I find him to be a higher rank. Uh, Peyton Thorne, his connection with Jaden Reed, I like – I have Jaden Reed, so that makes me personally like Thorne a little bit better. Uh, I went out and got who I think it was going to be that one. And we'll see in spring camp, but I went out to get Drake may. Uh, of course, Josh Downs is there. We have, uh, you know, the 
newer running backs and newer wide receivers coming into it. And I love Longo's system as far as the way that they play. Um, so I wanted to have someone that had really uh, high hopes and high levels of production. So that's kind of how I rank. That's quarterback, for example. My wide receiver would be like, are they starting? Or did the person that was the wide receiver one last year graduate and they're the next up? So, for example, I previously had Marvin Harrison Jr. We just saw how he did in the bowl game, so he was ranked pretty high for me. I would say the only other ones I personally like better is Mitchell Tinsley moving up to Penn State and possibly playing on the outside. And, of course, uh, Jaden Reed, who I just mentioned, who is the wide receiver one at Michigan State. Mm -hmm. uh, so Harrison was high. So in order for me to move him, I needed something fairly large because my running back team – uh, you know, ranking, I look at people like uh, like Mo. He's coming back. However, he's, you know, it depends on which Mo we're going to get. depends on how he comes back from the injury. So I couldn't rank him one, so I had to move. And then when I had people left over, all I had was Harrison Whaley. Well, he's coming back from an injury too, right? So it's like I had to make the moves. That's when I went to, you know, go get uh, go get Shipley from Clemson, and he became my, my running back one. So I look at – it's more like the, you know, how they're looking for the season per se, because even in dynasty, I'm not looking at it like overall per se, that would probably be a different scenario because then I'd probably rank my freshmen and my sophomores a little higher. But when it comes to like this season and who's going to be in a starting lineup and who can be a great role player or flex play, that's usually how I kind of take that, that ranking into consideration basically. So. Okay. So I'm glad you kind of, you kind of cleared that up because the way I did it with my team is I was trying to do it via dynasty. So like that's yeah. part of the other deal with with me where i'm just like okay so part of it when it comes if you are going to rank these like v through their dynasty value and everything a lot of it is going to depend on what kind of mode you're in are you in a win now mode are you in a um tank mode and rebuild mode or are you kind of in that weird in between area where you don't know whether or not your team's going to be as good to compete or if it could end up being very bad for you um yep like my team, I feel like right now I'm still in a rebuild mode. So right now I am prioritizing some of my younger guys, even though they're probably not going to start this year. I prioritize them just a little bit more, especially if I really do believe in them and that they could within the next year or two become the starters. And once they are the starters, they're going to be golden. Um, yep. Anyway, For that me was just, um, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say that, that was just the other side of this that I kind of wanted to point out. Yeah, for me, it's like this this game plan that we're kind of putting out here. I do this every single year. I, you know, I fill up a notebook, you know, with over. It depends on how long the dynasty goes. In my NFL one, we're in season eight. So I literally have a notebook that I had to go buy another one because each year I'd write it, you know, do the same process and stuff like that, figure out who I need to trade, what my rookie you know, picks were going to be, things like that. Um, but kind of keep in mind, this is a, a yearly, like, game plan that you want to do. So for me, it's like I'm going to the year looking like this. And then, yeah, and then down the road, like you're making mental notes like, okay, this freshman's got the capability to really take over in year two or year three. Um, or it's like, hey, I'm really looking at, um, you know, this junior that might, you know, graduate, transfer somewhere else. He gets another couple of years and stuff yeah. like that. So I definitely see both sides of the coin. I just do it with things like what's in front of you this year and what do you need to tackle and, yeah, are you rebuilding or are you competing, you know, basically. So that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, yeah, makes sense. So once you have your players ranked and you have an idea of who are going to be your biggest producers for that year, which ones aren't, mm -hmm. you got to go to step four, figure out who's on the chopping block. So Brandon, what are you one, thinking here, man? This one's the, uh, this is the one where you, uh, you got to keep it real with yourself. You really got to like, you know, you, you initially draft this, whether you're in a startup like we did like a year ago. Uh, but then there's the ones where you pick off the waiver wire and you're like, man, I think I got a diamond in the rough. And honestly, it's just not working out. It's just not going as planned. Stuff's happened. There's the transfer portal now, and that changes the game entirely. Um, so there's just guys that you need to cut bait with because you need to make the space. And each of roster construction is different. Each dynasty will have either deeper they won't. It kind of depends on your – like we talked about in step one with the commissioner and what you guys decide on as a league. Mm -hmm. um, but – you just don't need to have people clogging up your roster. And unfortunately that's just how it is. And you, you know, you hope these players will come around and stuff like that, but you only can hold them for so long and there's just certain circumstances. So I'll kind of give uh, an example. Uh, I had uh, picked up Logan Smothers in the late rounds of our startup last year. He was the uh, backup to uh, Adrian Martinez there at Nebraska. 
Well, looks what happened. Casey Thompson comes in town. Now Chief Purdy's coming to town as well. Mm-hmm. So Logan Smothers has now moved into a QB3 situation where he may either have to transfer out or literally he's holding the clipboard and hoped for an injury, basically, and that's it. So for me, like I just I, I need I, you know, I needed him. That's when I knew like he needed to go on the chopping block and I needed to make a move at quarterback and I needed to go ahead and make a trade with someone that I think is really going to have that opportunity to be there for at least two to three years for sure. Uh, another one, uh, it could be something like this. Uh, we heard news of CJ Johnson getting suspended entirely from ECU. Mm-hmm. Uh, ECU is known as a party school, I'm an hour away. So other than USC, it's one of the bigger ones there. Sounds like CJ Johnson's kind of lost his way, unfortunately, right now at the moment. And we hope that he turns it around and, you know, that he finds his way back to the team. But I can't have him clogging my roster when there's either a freshman I'm looking at or there might be a way that I could get another wide receiver later on, whether it be in season or on the waiver wires, because let's face it, there's some now we'll, you know, that's what we'll talk about in the next step where, um, where you can pick up that, uh, that slack and go along with it as well. So those are the two examples I'll use for now, just because they were on my team, but uh, that's kind of what I was, you know, thinking about when it comes to the chopping block is just having an honest conversation with yourself. Like, is this guy really going to produce? Am I just keeping him there for the face of value? Because, I'm the one that, you know, selected him and I'm the one that, you know, I want to be the guy that's right. Sometimes you just got to, you know, not say, hey, sometimes we're all wrong and sometimes we uh, we project differently than others and it just doesn't pay out and that's okay. And that's where the chopping block is here for. Yeah, and uh, I'll provide another example for myself here. Like uh, Malik McLean was a freshman wide receiver for Florida State last year. I really kind of I liked his talent and everything. I was really hoping that maybe Florida State would take another step forward offensively this year. And I don't think any of their wide receivers hit over thirty receptions and everything. It's like I can like Malik McLean as a talent, but this isn't C to C where I can rely on him. Then maybe getting high draft capital later on. Right. It's it's CFF Dynasty. So you're sitting there thinking like, alrighty, if he's not if if the system is now to the point where nobody can produce in it, you got to start thinking like as much as you like him, you can probably go ahead and cut bait with some of those guys. Uh, Dion Colsey was another one for Notre Dame. Now, granted, I think that system's going to get a little bit better, but he was another guy that did, just didn't show up this past year in ter- for Notre Dame. Like he didn't do much. I don't think he had over a hundred yards receiving the entire year. I don't think he got a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Like you're talking about a guy that just did nothing. So is that a guy I want to have sitting on my roster now clogging things up for when I could possibly go and get a much better uh, player? We'll see. The other thing I would point out here is that put players on the chopping block, but don't chop them yet. Don't right. do that until after you've gone through your draft, like your supplemental draft and everything, so that you can get a full... Um, you can get a full gauge as to what your team is looking like. And mm-hmm. also, you don't want to get yourself into trouble. Like, I'm looking at my team right now, and if I were to just go ahead and drop every player that I had on my chopping block right now, I would have 25 players. Yeah. And so, and, that, and this is a team that is about to, this is in a league that's about to expand to 50-person rosters this yeah. next year. So yeah. we could have a... 20 round freshman freshman slash supplemental draft and i Mm. still wouldn't have my entire team filled so you're gonna have to keep some of these guys that you are considering putting on the chopping block but you just have to have a better idea of already who is very likely going to be chopped no matter what versus Mm -hmm. like like for example like um in my team tyson uh the quarterback for clemson last year he's in the transfer portal yep it doesn't look good. He doesn't look like he's probably going to land anywhere that's FBS yeah. if he doesn't just go back to Clemson altogether. Like he's not probably going to be a guy that I even if he lands somewhere, like this is like the how long he's been in the portal is a big red flag to me that there's not a ton of interest as to where he will go. Ricky Pearsall, another one where it's like I can like Ricky Pearsall as a wide receiver at Arizona State, yeah. but they are in a hell hole right now. And yep. it's a team that I don't want to have anything to do with. So maybe I just cut bait and loose and go. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think. Yeah, really I will say like, oh. yeah, I'm with you. Like it's, if it, there's depth there, there's no rush. But if there's like a, if it's really apparent that this, this kid's probably not seeing the field, regardless of the situation, I'd say go ahead and do it now because 
like we said, there's freshman draft, but there's also uh, supplemental. And then, of course, you have your waiver wire that as soon as that opens wide up, people are going to throw, you know, what they need to throw at. And I know some do it where they do fab in the beginning and then they do it during the season. Or, you you know, you can just find a dime in the rough randomly and, and do zero and then get it that way. So um, if you know for sure, if you know, just deep down your gut, I mean, I understand doing it now, but Jared does have a point to where if you are in some deeper leagues, there's no rush to do that right away unless you know that you know if that makes yeah. sense yeah i agree like there's, there's some players i know that no matter what happens with the supplemental draft and everything they're probably yeah. off my team but yeah. i'm still gonna hang around because let's be real things happen things change what if tyson fomachuk <laughs> this is gonna sound so great it's like what if he just went to alabama and became the starter it's like and obviously probably not gonna happen but like again no. crazy crazy things have happened in college football before so you never or he could go back to clemson and he overtakes a starter and he is good Something like that. Like that's that's way less far fetched and yep. way less dumb sounding. Um, yes, <laughs> but even still. So once you've put your players on the chopping block and you're kind of getting an idea of like, alrighty, here's my almost guaranteed team. Like the players I will have, I know for a fact. Here's the players that are kind of iffy. Let's talk about step five, and that is identifying areas of weakness. We've kind of touched on this already a little bit, but Brandon, I'll let you kind of explain really what people need to do in this step. Yep. At this point in the steps, you've done the, you know, the other steps that are available for you. Now you're starting to see a clear visual of the, the positions that you have to improve. You see the weaknesses, right? So, uh, and how do you fill those? That could be the upcoming freshman draft that you have. This could be um, the waiver wire where you use that one. This also, um, you can use things like your fab money. That's a free agent acquisition budget Mm -hmm. uh, for your waivers or freshman draft picks as leverage. Now this becomes value. And this is the best part about dynasty versus redraft. Redraft, uh, I mean, yeah, you can use your fab, but does really one know because you're trying to just spend as much as you can to get the hot, you know, the hot new running back or the wide receiver or the guy that explodes that none of us were aware of because it happens every single year that, you know, we just completely miss and some dude just blows up like a Braylon Allen and, you know, the other ones that we could talk about in the past. Um, but this is the chance to kind of get that area weakness and seeing it. And just like the broken chain that you see here on the YouTube, for those that are listening, I apologize. But this is the one where you can make the chain whole again. And this is where you can do and make your plan now. Um, and this is where areas of weakness also ties in. This is where you want to start uh, talking to your league mates, looking at their their teams. All right, where is their area of weakness I have a strength at wide receiver, right? Okay, this guy has a really great running back, and I'm really in desperate need of an RB1 or an RB2, right? So it's like, okay, if I can give them some value here, whether it be a draft pick, some fab money, and add it with a player, whether it's mid-tier or if they're wanting someone high, for example. So, for example, you know, me training away a Marvin Harrison Jr., who I was really high on, I needed to make sure I had someone like a Shipley that was going to be the starter and he is just coming a sophomore so he has at least two years maybe three depending on if he wants to wait and see how his draft stock uh, you know rises as he continues at Clemson so it's like I want to make sure I had enough the same production as Harrison was going to be as far as years now you know will that pay off we're going to see right but at the same time like now I feel a lot better at running back for example but I still have Tinsley and Reed and I have guys like Weiss and uh guys like Joshua Moore and guys like Javon Baker who have transferred to these other schools that have at least now a fair opportunity to see what they got. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, more, there's a it's crowded SMU, but Kentucky, I like Baker at Kentucky. That's, that's decent. Right. Yeah. Um, so I mean, there's, there's, there's depth. And then of course, now we have uh, the the next step coming up, but this is where you want to make sure that you're making your trades or you're setting yourself up because the next step is going to be pretty much information that you can find. And we'll talk about that, but where is a weakness? This is where you want to make that weakness disappear the best that you can, or at least plan to to get rid of it in the next steps that we're about to talk about. So, yeah, I mean, you basically covered almost everything here. By the way, real quick, um, I apologize to our listeners. Uh, there's some weird sounds, the notification sounds that kind of came through there all of a sudden. Uh, so, <laughs> my, just my apologies on that. I forgot to turn off those notifications before we got started. Um, but yeah, like you cover pretty much everything here, Brandon. Like again, that's. This is kind of the culmination for the most part of like laying everything out and figuring out, all right, where do I have work to do? Like you're going to almost kind of parallel to how teams should treat the offseason like the NFL. 
You yep. don't want to get to the draft and be like, okay, I have a position of need I have to fill with the draft. You want to be able to take the best player available in the draft, regardless of what your team needs. So what you have to do is work everything beforehand, work the trades. If your waiver wire opens up before that point, you can and you can start putting bids on players. If you have free agency budget or stuff like that, get as much of that worked out before the draft. Because again, draft, you want to be able to take the best player available. You don't want to ever be stuck in a position where you're like, oh, I have to take this player, even though they're not as good as some of the players here, because mm. I'm sucking at wide receiver. And if I don't grab this guy and take a chance on him, or I, if, I, if I don't grab a wide receiver in the first two to three rounds of this freshman draft, it's just mm-hmm. going to be awful for me. So... Yeah. That's kind of my whole point on this. Again, Brandon, you did a great job kind of laying out like the different ways for you to go out and achieve this. Is there anything else you want to touch on this before we kind of touch on the last step? Um, no, um, like you, I'll just point out if you are doing a more of a supplemental where you're adding your waivers with that one, have the list, like look at your waiver wire. That's another one I'm going to look at. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you got to have a spot that's, uh, you know, dedicated to just, you know, certain ones that you're looking, I highlight the ones that I'm kind of looking after and things like that. Like you just want to do that. So then you have a game plan. It's like, okay, is this freshman that I want? And we'll talk about this next. Is this freshman what I want more of a need or is this more like best available where there's guys on the waivers right now. And there's some that went, you know, without that, I'm sure both me and Jared, and I'm sure a lot of else in our, our league is looking at like, I could, probably wait another round for another freshman to go up and get someone that's going to produce like day one. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple on our waiver wire and I'm not going to mention it because I'm sure me and Jared are probably talking to a lot of the same people as uh, most say, like, I, I got a so list I gotta, of top I gotta keep some of my right stuff closed because uh, you know, I'm sure most of my league mates are, are, will probably listen to this. So it's like, you know, I, you have to plan accordingly. Uh, so if you are doing supplemental, make sure you're checking out your waiver wire and, do the same thing rank them I've, I've ranked the ones that i'm looking at on the waiver wire some, and i'm like, like I was okay i'm gonna use this this i'm yeah i'm gonna look at this draft pick and i'm not gonna take a freshman i'm gonna take the supplemental and take my 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 waiver you know which by the way it makes me very happy that i have not only the 101 in our dynasty pick which i yes, traded for but also the first on the waiver priority <laughs> am i also the first on the waiver priority for now but i don't know if that opens up we probably it depends on like I said, it depends on the commissioner. Um, and we're talking about that in your league. So but step I, one. I got the one-on-one, but also I have three second-round picks. That's true. But I'm trying to finagle one of those from you. So we'll... Yeah, oh, we'll really? Go. All right. We'll, we'll find out. We'll, we'll see. find out next time. See what happens there. Um, but yeah, <laughs> but like, I agree with Brandon. Check out that waiver wire. Like, you're going to be surprised, even in some really deep leagues, of some guys that are still available for you to pick up there. Like, obviously, like, more often than not, you can't just... Add, add them as a free agent right now. They probably have that cut off in your leagues, but like go ahead and write them down. Include them in your big board for your freshman drafts this year. I know for a fact I have several guys that I consider first round values for supplemental yeah. drafts this year that have nothing to do with a freshman. So yeah. I'm going to be all over some of those guys, uh, hopefully in that second round because everybody's focused on freshmen. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and hit up this sixth and final step. This is where the fun begins. Let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> step six, you get ready for the draft, and we already just started talking about that a little bit. So, Brandon, what do you got here? Um, just like the NFL and stuff like that, this is the accumulation of this is your new people. This is who you're adding to your roster. This could be potentially guys that are game changers that could help you win championships. This could be guys that could be great role players in positions or great flexes. You have to kind of look at it like that. And that's why it's important to um, have the research that's available to you. Now, a lot of people don't want to do that. Um, and I get it, but there's guys like a Travion Henderson, a Rasheen Ali, guys that just blow up in their freshman year that if you didn't get him in, you know, off the waivers and certainly Henderson, if you didn't draft him in a freshman draft, uh, luckily, we had a startup, so people were able to get him a little earlier. But, and, you know, so the case, say if we started the year earlier, Trayvon Henderson would probably been the 101. Um, mm-hmm. So at the same time, and, and you know, we can uh, – that's where it's important to do the research. Regardless if you're a 24-7 sports guy and you look at that rivals, 
whether you follow us on Twitter and we kind of retweet um, the recruits that are getting signed to different locations and committing and things like that. That's another great source. I'm a big fan of on three recruits. That's probably one of my personal ones. I love um, those guys are on top of it. They let me know uh, where the, even the next class. And that's something that we'll talk about here briefly as well, but um, where I can look at this year. And I'm also starting now because after this draft, this is where my focus starts going on roster construction, making sure I have a starting lineup because then we're basically waiting to either do trades and then we're trying to make it last little tweaks. And then we're just waiting for the season to start. And that's the good thing about dynasties. Like you can get all this done ahead of time. So at least you have like a, you know, depend on that. You don't want to like sit on your hands or anything like that, but you have a good, at least a month or so, because you're looking at spring practices. Once those are done, once you see, start seeing pecking order rosters, um, being depth charts and stuff like that, start making those adjustments in your roster. Then by the time it's like July or August, I mean, now we're ready for just redraft. And now we don't have to, you know, you know, our dynasty, we're like, all right, I feel good. Um, or like I, I might need to make a trade or two real quick or, um, we'll see how week one starts out. And then that's why we start paying attention to waivers. Right. Yep. So, yep. but this is the most important one in the off season and that's your freshman or your supplemental draft. We'll just say for now, the freshman draft, and you got to get ready. And, uh, I believe there's, um, some ways here at C2C that we can, uh, kind of help you out with that for sure. I, I would definitely say so. And we'll get to that in just a second. Um, and again, the, again, Brandon, great job kind of discussing everything. The, the big thing I'm just going to reiterate here is, First of all, again, double check to make sure that in your leagues, it's both a freshman draft and like a supplemental draft in one, or if they're separate, make sure you know that. Also make sure you know, like when you're trading draft picks, if you do have two separate ones, know which mm -hmm. one you're trading picks for. Mm -hmm. um, just make sure you know that. Um, in addition to that, when you put together a big board and it's all in one, again, make sure you include the players that are still on that waiver wire because that you can grab them there as well. And let's be real, like freshmen are great because if they start year one, you get them for three years at the very least. Some of them you get for four. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, you're going to want to pick up guys that you just know are the next guys up that for some reason just aren't a part of a very deep roster. So keep your eye out for guys like that. Go deep into some of these lists of available wide receivers, running backs, quarterbacks. Look for guys that like, okay, this is the next guy up at like, I don't know, like say UNC, like Drake May for some reason was available somewhere. Like, why would you not then oh. take some time to draft Drake May in your, um, again, I'm trying not to use names here that like I have written down because I don't want people <laughs> stealing. For obvious reasons. Me. Yes. Um, but even still, again, I, some of these examples I've given today sound so bad. And so like, uh, duh, why would Drake May ever be on the waiver wire after a year? I, I know, guys. I know. We know. Guys. We know. We know. <laughs> we know. But even so, like, you're right. This is the most fun and just the most important part. And the one that once you have steps one through five done, you spend the most time on this and things will change for you throughout the offseason constantly. Mm. Like spring practices, more guys transferring in and out. Things are going to change. You're going to want guys, not want guys. You will figure it all out. So, Brandon, anything else you want to say on the get ready to draft step before we kind of review everything that happened here? Sure. Uh, the last step is write down your draft picks. Now, if you're uh, since we're talking about right now, it's just fan tricks. So we figured out if you go to and your uh, thing is others. And then uh, I think it's what is it? Your uh, it's draft picks. And then you want to put draft by round because then you can yes. see exactly where you're at. So for me, for example, I got the one I got. I'm picking out a third. So I got one or three, you know, two or three, three or three. Write those down, and then how many rounds? I know we're adjusting how many rounds we're actually going to have, so we'll, we'll kind of figure that out. Especially supplemental, I'm sure it'll probably stay or where it's at. We'll figure it out. I, I didn't know. We're still discussing, but uh, you know, step one, by the way. Um, but then, <laughs> um, but this is where you just want to have that organization. Just keep it going, and then, like you said, to have a big board if you're looking at um, you know positions you need to fill. Uh, is they're just a stud freshman that you cannot live without and you got to have them. So you're going to, you know, go to get them. Or like you said, if it's a supplemental and you're on the waivers, make sure you're doing that, but make sure you're, you're writing the draft pick down, but you're also ranking your waiver wire and or your, your freshman. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And again, it's a lot of the same, um, a lot of the same advice when it comes to redraft drafts apply here as well. Don't go into a draft unless you have the 101 being like, 
oh, I am going to get this player at this pick. You can't mm-hmm. do that. You can't do that. Sometimes the guy's going to fall to you, and you're going to be like, oh, this is a lot better than what I was expecting at this value. Sometimes you're going to get sniped, and you're like, oh, crap, now what do I do? You, mm-hmm. Again, you have to go in with a full, bo- full big board available to you. You can kind of gauge a little bit so you can like have an idea of like, alrighty, I kind of expect to get these guys around the second round and stuff like that because I've seen people are really hot. But even so, all that stuff still applies in terms of getting ready for the draft. Don't box yourself in with a, if something goes wrong during the draft, I'm screwed. Mm-hmm. So exactly. let's go ahead and review all six steps and then we're going to give you guys a little announcement. Ooh. Um, Anyway, <laughs> trying that again. That, that's our thumbnail, by the way, both of us doing that. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so right. let's go ahead and just run through these steps again real quick. Step one, league housekeeping. This involves you reaching out to your commissioner, reaching out to your draft or your league mates, getting you all in a chat. Discuss, discuss, discuss. Make sure things are, questions are answered. Make sure things that might be a little murky are ironed out. Make sure that if there's any league changes that people want, they are discussed and voted upon in those chats. Step two, take inventory. Now, you get away from your uh, league mates. You had enough of them. You go to your own team. (laughs) You're going to go, and you're going to make sure that you know who is leaving your team. Who do you still have? Um, Are there guys that you just immediately, like, or, yeah. Who's leaving? Who do you still have? At what positions? Stuff like that. Just know your team. Know who you have. Step three. Rank what you got. Figure out in those positions who are going to be the guys that are probably going to be starting for you week in and week out this upcoming year. Who are going to be guys that you're like, oh, okay, when my starters are on a buy, here's my guy I'm going to plug in more than likely. Also figure out who's going to be just your bench warmers. Guys that you probably aren't going to be seeing produce this year, but you know that if you wait just a year longer and they get the starting spot at their respective school, they're probably going to produce for you. Know, ex- like once again, know exactly what you have on your team. And then at the bottom of those rankings, you're probably going to have guys you're like, I can't wait to get rid of them. So step four kind of goes into the end of step three there. Chopping block. Figure out which players you are willing and not willing to drop, depending on how well your draft and or trading goes for you. Sometimes you're going to keep a lot of those players you have on the chopping block because things just don't go well, and you're going to have to accept the fact that maybe your team isn't that great going into the year. Maybe you're going to have to focus on building for the next year. In addition to that, know that some of your guys, that no matter how terrible your team is or how terrible the draft or trading might go for you, you're probably still going to want to get rid of them. Figure out who those guys are. Step five, areas of weakness. Make sure you then know, once everything's been taken in inventory, know who's going to be on chopping block, who's not. Figure out where your team needs to beef up and make sure you try to address that the best you can before the draft. Speaking of which, step six, once you got all that figured out and everything, then get ready for the draft. Study freshmen, study people who are on your waiver wires. Again, unfortunately, we don't have the great news of like figuring out how many people or like what supplemental players are more than likely in your dynasty league because again it varies league by league so much but even mm-hmm. still just know your league which is the best advice really that you can give almost any fantasy players just know your league inside and out brandon i kind of ran through that real quick anything else you want to add to any of those steps no man you hit it right on the head i loved it Alrighty, so i can already tell you're getting real excited over there because you know what we're about to announce um yes. so for everybody out there uh we the cff team at campus can are very very excited to announce the addition of a new podcast for campus of canton going forward hosted by the man right there above me mr brandon t sanders brandon why don't you tell everybody about the future freshman podcast and how it can relate to preparing for the exact things that we were talking about here today well, one, I'm honored once again. This is my first time being on video since joining the C2C team. So I want to say it's an honor to join such a great uh, cast of uh, talented individuals and, you know, being able to have talks with Jared and Nate and, uh, of course, with Austin and Colin, the guys that are on the team, uh, bringing me into the fold and letting uh, you know me as a 
someone that was doing it, you know, separately, which you remember from CFFU, now being able to kind of merge those two into one awesome, I like to call it mega team. We can be the X-Men, whatever you want to call us, right? Uh, but just, uh, it's an honor to be a part of the team. But this is going to be not only with, uh, you know, writing articles and contributing as far as rankings and things like that, that you'll see from me, Jared, and Nate, and as far as uh, Chris Moxley. Uh, so like all four of us will be contributing that way in the CFF space. But me personally, my goal is to bring people awareness to freshmen in particular, because CFF Dynasty needs to be a part of your repertoire, regardless if you're doing C2C, because this will help you with that a little bit because it's getting to know at least the freshmen so you can get it from that aspect but this is a cff driven look and that you know there's just not a lot that i get to hear out there there's a few people that i'll touch on it but they don't get uh, as much time to spend focusing on the incoming freshmen and stuff like that so i wanted to give uh an opportunity to people to kind of listen in on there as far as you know who's going to be for example episodes one is going to be who's the 101 102 and 103 and the freshmen, we're going to bring all three of those to the to the forefront. Uh, there's going to be a section called Little uh, Big Fish, Small Pond, and that's going to be a guy that's uh, you know rating pretty high as far as 24/7 composite, but he's going to a G5 school or a little bit you know maybe a little lower in independence and stuff like that. Who you need to pay attention to because there might not be much on the depth chart, and he could contribute to be even on the bench team or being a spot starter immediately and stuff like that. So you got to pay attention to these things. And that's where, along with this podcast, is where uh, I'll specifically have rankings for uh, freshmen for the CFF part of it. So, yes, it's going to be driven on who's going to be able to kind of make a contribute like right away. So, like, the rankings is not going to be from a C2C standpoint where you'll see from uh, other guys in our on our team that it's going to probably bring you like a recruiting type podcast. And so uh, and that's going to be fantastic. And I can't wait to hear that just for a football sense. But you're doing that with the, uh, you know, the mindset that you're trying to get them to go all the way to the NFL and have them on your mm -hmm. roster. With us here, uh, the CFF team, we focus strictly on trying to win CFF here and now and making sure that you're winning your leagues. And in CFF Dynasty, these are the things like if you're not a seasoned vet or you just haven't had the chance to kind of like listen in or research we want to provide here at C2C an opportunity for you guys to be able to be plugged into that and be able to listen as far as like the incoming freshmen. So you have a better know with how, and then you guys can, you know, form your own rankings or your own opinions and be able to kind of just get ready. And this is how we want to contribute as a, as a, as a team to help you guys get ready for your freshman drafts and things like that. So during the season, the CFFU podcast, I've been given the green light. Well, that will return. So, of course, we'll have our campus picks, things like that as well. So if you're into DFS and, you know, trying to win you some money there, that's still going to happen. Uh, but for those that are into the Dynasty one, this is what's going to happen probably in those and these type of months, the winter months, the future freshman podcast. I might have, you know, a, a show here and there during regular season, kind of depending on news. Uh, you know, there's a guy with the last name of Manning coming in next year, and that's going to be a big deal. You're probably going to hear a full breakdown of this. Uh, I mean, you'll hear it from a recruiting perspective, but this will be one of the first podcasts that you hear from a CFF perspective, especially with now that he's narrowing down the teams, we can kind of start talking about offenses and we could talk about fits for that type of system and whether it'd be worth it to take a 101 on Arch Manning or do you need to take him 103 or trade back, you know? So this is kind of the, uh, the, the, the brainchild that we have, but like I said, podcast is coming, rankings is coming for CFF freshmen as well. So be on the lookout for that. And then articles, I, I take a, I like to look at, uh, you know, what we're talking about the recruiting, but I also see where it's fluctuated. So there's going to be articles and notes as far as like, whether it's going to be a full feature on one of these guys, or it's going to be where I've noticed, changes in the ranking system and that that kind of tells a tell of what uh recruiters are seeing but it also can help us in like okay is this guy going to be a year one starter or do we need to stash him away or is he going to be lower on the rankings because he might take a full two years before he can blossom into something you know for the cff uh standard so that's uh that's, that's gonna be coming to you guys pretty soon so i'm really excited and i'm um, happy to be on the team man Again, like the, when Brandon first pitched this idea to me, I was like, this is exactly what I think people are going to need, uh, especially from like like CFF Dynasty players, I think are going to eat this up. They're going to love yeah. this so much. A lot of C2C listeners right now are probably sitting there thinking like, okay, I already kind of get this with like a lot of the C2C podcasts and everything like that. Like, what are you offering different here to me? To me, it's guys like Alton McCaskill who erupted at Houston last year. Rasheen Ali, at Marshall last year, I mm -hmm. like 
I believe the goal of Brandon is to find guys like that. These are guys that you're not going to hear about in recruiting circles very often because they're down there. They're like like mid to high three stars maybe. There's like hundreds of those every single year. Brandon's going to be there to find those diamonds in the rough and saying like, alrighty, from a CFF perspective, this is a guy that even though he's being very overlooked right now, can easily take over the job because he fits the system, because he is walking into a situation where there's not a lot of depth there and that he could easily be the best back already there. Um, yep. You'll still hear from you'll still hear like those those oh, bigger prospect names for sure because some of them are have the opportunity like Jared was just saying they have the opportunity to start yeah all yeah. they got to do is win in camp and they have what we call the fast track where they have the opportunity to outbeat these lower I'm not saying you know but you know lower stars that maybe didn't earn their you know their right to start and you know they might only have a chance now but you have a guy coming in with talent that we haven't seen in a few years that could easily get the job done. And so you're going to hear those names, but like you said, you're going to find ones and that's where the big fish, small pond uh, segment will really be something that you guys will look forward to just because we're finding guys that are going to going to make a difference. And uh, they, they just get overlooked because of the bigger names out there. So no, absolutely. And again, like, I think you're going to do a great job breaking down both the, like you said, like the big fish in a small pond and also a lot of these top prospects is like you said, guys like, uh Kate Klubnick, Nicholas Singleton, you're gonna be talking about guys like that because they have an opportunity to take over year one and they're at the top. Everybody's talking about it. You have to go yeah. for guys like you're not gonna tell people not to draft Travion Henderson because you're like, oh, they people are already talking about him. It's like, no, you're gonna talk about Travion Henderson. You're gonna talk about guys like that. So I, I wanna yeah. make that clear. I'm also I'm I'm saying that in addition to that, you're also going to get a lot of these guys that are probably gonna get overlooked because they don't maybe don't have obvious NFL potential right now. So mm-hmm. Brandon, appreciate you coming on today, man. Like, that was awesome. Did a great job breaking down that entire game plan. Um, I think this is going to help out people a ton. We did a CFF Dynasty podcast last year. Uh, I thought Dave and I did a pretty good job on this one, but you have really helped just solidify it down to an easy step-by-step process for people to look at. And we're probably going to discuss more CFF Dynasty as we're going along. Maybe we have a trade episode. Maybe we have, um, as we get closer to when uh, freshman drafts come along, I can already tell you, like, I think last week with Austin, I did a, I did like a mock CFF freshman draft and already guys, I'm, I dive deeper into freshman a little bit more now that it's dynasty season. I'm already telling you, I would have changed that so much. I, I messed up on that question so badly. Um, you did good. The three names that you mentioned, uh, you know, Singleton, Klubnik and, and Luther Burden, those are three names you need to know immediately. And we'll we'll help you in episode one because that is the one 101, 102, and one hundred three in this year's uh, freshman draft. So I honestly uh, would disagree with you a little bit. Oh well, um, I, 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 I was surprised by this. I, uh, maybe it's easier for a future episode, but I thought mm-hmm. Club Nick would be my one hundred one QB or like my number one QB for CFF Dynasty. I mm-hmm. I, I like Devin Brown too much, and I think Ooh. that once he takes okay. over that Ohio State QB room like mm-hmm. even if it's a year later than club nick will get his ceiling mm-hmm. is going to be so much higher than club nicks will be in my opinion especially that's one in that's, the uh, offense. yeah devin brown has climbed up quite a bit in the recruiting thing overall as well so that's one of the little peaks so you're on to something my friend uh but he, uh, yeah i'm not gonna pretend i'm the first person to find him all right like every one of the c2c guys <laughs> have been banging that drum <laughs> yeah. for months but even still like oh, yeah. i wasn't fully on board until i really started looking at him like oh this this could be really really fun anyway mm-hmm. Brandon, I really appreciate you for coming on today, man. It's been fantastic. I know you got to go. For everybody out there, same spiel as always. If you're watching on YouTube, like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Make sure you comment right down there below. All that good jazz. You're listening on podcasts. Make sure you follow us. Leave those five-star reviews. As always, I'm at CFF underscore Jared on Twitter. You can find Brandon at CFF University on Twitter. You can make sure that you can talk to any of us. Again, Brandon, I know for a fact, loves Dynasty questions. So if you ever have a Dynasty question, reach out to him. I'm not quite as good at Dynasty, but I can do my best. Mm-hmm. Even still, you guys, I'm awesome. Good luck with all your Dynasty needs and everything. Like I said, we're open to all sorts of questions. You guys have a wonderful and blessed day.